0: Uh, well, it's good to be here opening the word with you tonight. Uh, we are continuing our Lenten sermon series. Uh, who do you say that I am? We've looked at uh, a couple different answers to that question. Uh, God, our rock in the first week and, and God, our healer uh, last week. And tonight we'll be looking at God, our provider. And it's an important question that Jesus posed to his, his early followers His disciples who had been walking with him in ministry uh, through the Holy Land, they'd been seeing him perform miracles. They'd been listening to him teach. They knew him in the flesh, day in and day out. And then he posed that question to them. Who do you say that I am? And and notice the question, though. Who do you say that I am? Not what do you know about me? Not what can you recite about me or concerning me, but do you know me? Do we have a relationship? Do we have experiences together? Have we gone through it together and you know that you can trust me to be who I am? That's what's behind that question. And tonight we're gonna dig in a little bit uh, to that answer of he is our provider. God has many names in the Bible, uh, many different titles, fills many different roles. And throughout the Old Testament, the New Testament, the whole arc of scripture, we can always see that that little shade of who God is, of being a provider, of taking care of his children. In the Psalms, he tells the children of Israel that he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He is always there to guide us and to protect us and to make sure that we have what we need. With that, we're going to jump right into scripture tonight. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 2, uh, verse 7, if you have your Bible with you, or if you want to go there on your, on your Bible app. Um, but I just want to kind of get us up to speed of where we are. So, the children of Israel, they've been enslaved in Egypt, uh, they've been under the oppressive thumb of Pharaoh, and, and Moses comes along. God sends Moses to lead them out. And we won't rehash all the details of that because I know that you've seen the Prince of Egypt and you know how the story goes. But here we are. They've left the land of Egypt. They've seen God's mighty hand at play in getting them across the Red Sea, delivering them from the biggest, baddest army that the earth had ever known at that time. And they've come up to kind of the edge of the promised land, the place that they knew God was taking them because God had told their ancestors, hey, I have a place for you and life is gonna be good there. I'm going to be your God, you're going to be my people, and it's going to be good. And here they are. They're so close that they can look over and see into it. And yet their reaction is one of fear, they're afraid to step into that place. And so they, you know, send some spies over and come back and have reports and, and, and God says, well, if you're afraid, then here, I'll just take you a little bit longer way. So I'm just gonna summarize it and say, God says, instead of just going east straight into it, turn back toward the Red Sea and go north and I'm, I'm gonna take you around through the wilderness. And so what we see is this journey that should have been short, turn into a long roundabout way into the promised land. And there's a great lesson in that for us tonight But as the people are turning away from the promised land to face back toward Egypt, to kind of go back the way they came a little bit, this is what our scripture says tonight. As a reminder, don't be afraid on the road forward because we know who God has been and he's gonna continue to be that. Deuteronomy chapter two, verse seven. It says, surely the Lord, your God, has blessed you in all your undertakings He knows you're going through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have lacked nothing. He's given them food to eat in a barren land. He's given them water to drink in the middle of the desert. He's protected them from a vicious army. And yet their response was... You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm still a little, I'm not, not quite sure, God. And rather than be judgmental of them tonight, rather than say, you know what? They should have had a different response. Instead, I'm gonna invite us to just kind of step into that space with them and just be honest and just be human for a little while and say, you know what, Pastor? I, I know what that feels like. I know what that response feels like because I've done it too. And I've done it. But I think that there are three things we can draw from this scripture tonight for some encouragement for one another, for some strengthening from the word of God. And so that first thing is, is we need to remember that God knows what we need, um, even if that isn't what we always want, right? And so point one is actually kind of the hardest thing to deal with in this sermon, um, that difference between want and need. God promises to provide us with everything we need along the way. And in my prayer life, I've certainly been guilty over and over again of letting God know what I want in a situation. There's nothing wrong with expressing that. But that's not always the answer I get. So many times through my life when uh, I've thought that I needed something, it actually turned out to be a want. And I would love to say that I learned this lesson from an experience from when I was a young boy, seven or eight, but the truth is is I didn't learn it then. I'm still gonna tell you the story. Uh, And and many years later, I don't even know if I've still fully learned it, but it's worth reflecting on. You know, I was uh, in, I don't know, second or third grade, somewhere around there. I lived on the Little Rock Air Force Base in Jacksonville, Arkansas. Uh, You know, an Air Force kid. And I loved spending Saturdays with my Papa Bill. I was in the Cub Scouts, and, and he would take me running around. Uh, we would do woodworking together. We would watch westerns on his TV show in his den. Uh, we'd go swimming if it was warm enough. We'd go down to Red Lobster and have the same waitress named Judy every single week. And it was one of the best things about my childhood. Well, being a boy about that age, we had started talking about, um, maybe it's time to buy you know, that Boy Scout pocket knife you've been wanting, and boy, did I want it. <laughs> If you were in Cub Scouts, you know, guys, if you remember that, that Boy Scout pocket knife, the little like Swiss Army looking one with the the Boy Scouts of America logo stamped on it. I wanted that thing bad. And the Boy Scout store over in Little Rock had it. And so we were kind of saying maybe it's time to get that. Uh, Shortly before I was going to take that trip with my Papa Bill, though, I was running some errands with my mom. And we went down to Fred's Friendly Family Dollar Store. Uh, anybody else have those in their town? You're not missing anything if you didn't. <laughs> and uh, I was there at the store with my mom and they had the little discount bins in the middle of the aisle and one of them, one of them had these little red multi-tool pocket knives in it and they were like, I don't know, two dollars 99 one99 dollars something like that. And of course I ran back to my mom and I was like, hey, could I get this? I really want this. And she's like, well, you know, I think she had some wisdom as a parent, She's gonna let you make that choice, right? But if you choose to get this one, you're not gonna get the Boy Scout knife that you want. It's one or the other. And so in that moment, I said, well, this one's right in front of me right now. I can go ahead and get this, right? This would be great. So I got that one. The trip to the Boy Scout store was called off. um, And I got home, opened that pocket knife. It was cheap, the blade wiggled around. I think even cut my finger on it. It shortly broke, and there I was without the thing that I had been looking forward to getting, all because there in a moment I was like, I really want this, and so it was a lesson in patience, it was a lesson uh, in humility, it was a lesson in kind of learning to wait for something better, but also as an adult when I reflect back on that, I think, man, isn't, isn't that what I'm like with God so often? trusting God for everything I need along the way, knowing that God is a provider, knowing that all so many experiences and memories in my relationship with God tell me that God is faithful. And yet every now and then I get a notion to tell God, hey God, here's what I want. I know that you've said that you'll give me what I need. And boy, do I miss the mark with that one a lot. You see, there's, there's a difference between wanting something and needing something. And what I've found so often in life is that one of the main differences there is, um, see when I want something and, and I get it, it doesn't really satisfy anything because then I just want the next thing. I think that so many times when we express want for something we're trying to fill kind of a little hole inside, hoping that whatever that next experience is or whatever the next thing I get is, whatever that next promotion I get is, that that'll make me happy, that that'll be fulfilling. And so often it's not. That desire just turns toward the next step rather than that hole being filled. And yet God knows and promises us, God knows that what we really need are those intangible things. Those things in our inner life, that are so hard to work on. Those things like transformation. The Holy Spirit working in us to to change us more and more into the image of Christ day by day as we follow him. Those things like the fruit of the spirit that when we live a faithful life of following Jesus, our life begins to look differently on the outside because the inside's different. Those things like joy and, and, and peace and patience and kindness toward others. See, living a life where I have those things, see the thing is that's what I need. Even if that's not always what I want. And that's really difficult. That's hard to be honest about. And you know what's hard about it? It's those things They actually take longer to get (laughs) than the immediate wants that that, that I find right in front of me. And yet, even though the the journey is difficult on those, God still says, hey, I'm faithful. I'll make sure you have what you need on that. Just keep following me. Just take one step at a time, and we're going to get there together. Now the second point tonight is this, and this, this is important for those of us, if you've ever had um, kind of anybody under your charge, and I wanted to touch on this a little bit tonight. So whether you're a parent and you have kids, you're trying to raise them, do a good job and raise them up right, or, or if in your work life you have people who report to you and you're responsible for others. If, you, you know, if you're a business owner and you've ever had that, like, that nagging feeling of, man, payday's coming up, I gotta make sure these people get what they need and I'm not sure I'm gonna have it. We all have had or will have a moment in life where others depend on us. And that brings stress, it brings anxiety. And I brought a little movie clip tonight uh, just to kind of illustrate this point. It's a show that you might remember. Um, if you don't remember it and you're too young to know what this show was, uh, it's all on YouTube. Go, go watch it later. We missed you, Nadia. Sorry you have to work so late. Uh, it seemed like everybody in Springfield had insurance problems today. <laughs> Where are the children? Kathy's next door, Betty's at a sorority meeting, and Bud's upstairs. Ah, uh, quiet evening at home. I can use it. Thanks. Is it quiet? I don't know whether I can concentrate or not. <laughs> What's that? Well, it's just Bud, dear. Just Bud? One boy couldn't possibly make all that noise. What's he doing, anyway? I don't know. For whatever he's doing, we're not supposed to know about it. It's a secret. That's a secret? (laughs) Sounds like the entire Springfield football squad is up there. (laughs) Weight should be evenly distributed. was all that racket upstairs i didn't hear anything sounded like you were training a herd of elephants <laughs> well i uh i was reading what do you do trying to handspring after every word <laughs> of course not hello daddy goodbye bud good night daddy good night daddy <laughs> kathy Hi, daddy. bud where are you going i'm going over to joe phillips for a little while i'll see you later huh Find out anything, to you? Oh, sure, everything. Poor Jim from Father's—Father no, knows best. He's doing everything he could. He worked late, done at the insurance office. He missed dinner. Gets home and really just wants to make sure those in his charge and his household are well taken care of, that they have everything they need. And he gets home and it's utter chaos. <laughs> Bud's trying to learn to dance. The other—the girls—they're off doing other social things. And he just has that moment where like, goodness gracious, I've lost all control over this. And when we have those who depend on us, we have to remember, and this is our second point, that God is actually a lot better at this than we are. And so part of talking about God as our provider is, is having the faith Having the faith to put those in our stead, our kids, those who work for us, whatever those dependent relationships are, to put those people in God's hands and say, God, I don't know if I can make it all the time. I don't know if I have what I need to give them everything they need. And that's actually a good place to be in. Because you see, when, when we have those that we need to provide for, what we're really doing is stewarding an opportunity that God has given us. And he's asking us to have the faith to look to him for every single moment. To have a faith to say, Lord, I, my kids, I put them before you. And may they know you as their provider directly. Lord, those, those people who depend on me at work, I, I put them before you in prayer today. And may they know you as their provider, even, not if, but even when I mess up because he alone is faithful. And, and it takes humility to admit that, that we can't really be as good as we think we should be all the time. And yet there's a deep spiritual truth in that, that in those moments in, in life when, when people are depending on us, God doesn't ask us for perfection. He asks us for faith. He asks us to point others to him so that they too can learn. Our third point tonight is, um, again, kind of tiptoes into that realm of the unknown, of things getting scary. And it's simply this, the children of Israel were were experiencing this. I know I've experienced it so often and, and you might be experiencing it right now. And it's just that the way ahead, it might be unknown to us, but it's not to God. God knows every step out there in front of us. And we don't have to be afraid. What teaches us that, that that the future is going to be okay and he's going to continue to provide? It's our past experiences. Remember what he he had done for the children of Israel. He had proven himself over and over and over again. And yet when they experienced fear, they had that little tickle of doubt in the back of their minds and in their hearts of, we know he's done it once, we we know he did it again, but, but wow, I don't know if he's going to do it the next time. And we all need encouragement in, that, in, our, in our faith lives. We all need to be reminded. We all need to hear that. We all need to share the stories of what God has done, how God has provided so that those around us and ourselves can be encouraged for the next time. There's this little story uh, elsewhere in the Old Testament. Um, it's over in the prophet Isaiah. We, we won't turn there, but I'll, I'll read it to you in a second. But again, in the, in the life of the children of Israel, God proves faithful. And, At this point in time, they've been displaced from that holy land. They had already been there, and now they've been moved out again. And while they're still over in exile in a foreign land, longing to get back home, God tells them this through the prophet Isaiah. He says, I will put in the wilderness the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive. I will set in the desert the cypress, the plain and the pine together, so that all may see and know, all may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. Okay, well, God's gonna plant some trees in the desert. Big deal. See, the thing about this story is, is God knew the journey that they would have to make on the way back home through a barren desert land. It's dry, it's hot, it's uncomfortable to travel through boy, it sure would be nice to just have a shade tree or two to sit in under on the way home. Find a little rest, find a little respite from that sun beating down on you. And what God is telling him is this. I worked ahead of time and I planted some trees out there in the middle of the desert so that when you journey back home, you're gonna have a place to rest and you're gonna have a place to cool off for a little bit and he tells them in the verses before that, uh, I'll, I'll open up a river. I'll make sure that you have the water that you need to drink. I'll make sure that you have the food that you need to eat. Because you see, God was planning ahead, making sure that they would have what they needed on the journey. Did they know what that journey was gonna look like? Absolutely not, it was unknown to them at the time. But you know how long it takes a tree to grow? A long time. <laughs> So God had thought years and years and years in advance of putting a tree here and and putting a tree there just for the purpose of them one day when that tree matured, it would be there to serve its purpose. See, I believe that that's what God does for each and every single one of us still. As our provider, we may not know the way forward. It may be scary to us. We may worry about how we're gonna make ends meet uh, 10 steps down the road or or how we're gonna have what we need 15 steps down the road. And what scripture teaches us is that God who is faithful, he has a way of working those things out. He has a way of putting things out in front of our path, in front of our feet to make sure that we have what we need for every single step. So we've gotta remember tonight that God is our provider He'll always give us what we need. May not be everything we want, but that's a good thing. We've gotta remember that that God is actually better at providing than we are. Have a little grace on ourselves. And also remember that even though the way forward is unknown to us, that's not to God. And He'll make sure that He provides for every need of ours along the way. I wanna end tonight on the story of an old preacher uh, he served several different congregations as uh, in a rough part of the world. And um, he knew what heartache was. He knew what hardship was. Uh, he, he knew what it was to, to face persecution for his faith. He'd eventually come to be put to death for his faith. And in the face of all that, he learned the secret of contentment. You see, that's a big secret to unlocking what it's like to trust God as our provider to learn to be content with what he's given us. He writes in a letter to one of those churches. It's actually in uh, Philippians chapter four, verses 10 through 13. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed you were concerned for me but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that old preacher, the Apostle Paul, he knew what it was to go without. He knew what it was to have plenty, but he knew that the secret to trust in God as our provider was that he would give him everything he needed and that was in here. And that creates a big change in perspective on all the things out here. So this Lenten season as we prepare for uh, the resurrection of Christ on Easter Sunday morning, big celebration, we have this time of preparation set before us. What do we, what do we need to turn over to God and lay at his feet tonight? say, God, thank you. Thank you for providing for me along the journey so far. Help me to see where you have. But what do we have that is coming up? Those things that bring us anxiety, those things that scare us, those hanging questions of whether or not we're gonna have what we need for the journey ahead. May we all, as the body of Christ tonight, lay that prayer before God and ask for the faith that we need. Ask for God to teach us how to be content in any given moment because he alone has made the way. Amen. God, we give you thanks tonight for the gift of your word. We give you thanks for the opportunity to come and worship you and to pray to you as your people. God, as we come toward an end of this time, may it be a beginning May it be a beginning of our faith being increased. May we remember the steps in the past that you have provided for. And may we be encouraged and filled with hope that you will continue to do that. Help us to trust you, our great provider, for you give us all things that we need. And help us to have the wisdom to discern Between those things that we want and and what we truly need. Lord, we look to you tonight. And we pray this in the name of Christ our Saviour Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at Whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.